It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Log Talk Radio. Hello, 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 and welcome to Creating a Championship Standard of Living. I am your host, Mr. Miles W. Miller. People, it is January 2nd, 2010. We're in the new year. We're in We're in a new season. It's our time, people. It's our time, people. It's our time. People, I am so excited to be here with you today. I can't be here with you for the whole time. What I want to do, we had a little conflict of uh, scheduling for me today, so I, I can't do the whole show, but what I want to do is I'm going to just introduce the show today, and I'm going to let you listen to some dynamic uh, speeches by some dynamic motivators. We're going to also play uh, an interview with my mentor, my personal mentor, Mr. Greg Harden, from earlier in, uh, in 2009. But, people, I'm just honored to be here with you today, to be able to share this moment with you. As you can hear in the background, I'm in uh, Midtown Atlanta. I'm actually... At, a, at an event tonight, I, I couldn't do the show completely, but I couldn't not let this day go by without saying hello, happy, blessed New Year to you. I love you. I'm praying for you. Uh, just everything we can think of, people, this is our year. I, I'm just so excited. I don't know how else to convey it to you. This is our year, and we're going to have a dynamic year together. Nothing's going to stop our momentum. Nothing's going to stop us from being who we've been called to be. We're going to get it. This is our year. This is our manifestation year. So, people, before we go any further, I want to turn this show over to God's Holy Spirit so that we all get what we came for, and that is a move of his spirit. People, just listen to me. Trust me on this. We're going to have a dynamic time. So, without further ado, I'm going to move forward in the show, and I will talk to you later. I feel the power of God. The anointing of God is upon you right now. Amen. To do what God has called you to do. The power of God is here, resting on you right now. You are anointed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Your hands are anointed. Your feet are anointed. Your tongue is anointed. Your words are anointed to destroy every yoke, to come, to bring down every obstacle. The devil's kingdom must come down right now. I speak it right now. I speak healing in your body. I speak healing, spiritual healing in your mind. I speak spiritual healing in your emotions. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, behold, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, the power of God touch you. 
the power of God be around you. The power of God come forth out of you right now. Hey, somebody ain't gonna get the victory. Somebody got the victory right now. You taking your spiritual inheritance back. You taking it back, yes. Yes, yes, if the devil tried to stop you in the past, but now is your time to rise up. Now is your time to go forth. Now is your time to be bold as a lion. Now is your time to possess what God has ordained for you to be. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the power of God. I feel somebody getting a breakthrough right now. They claim it was rightfully theirs. Hallelujah, the devil ain't going to stop you no longer. He's been trying to stop you and block you. He's been telling you that God can't use you. He's been putting your sins before you. He's been putting your shortcomings before you. But God says, my anointing is on you. My power is on you. God said, yes, I do a new thing. Yes, I bless your going in. I bless your coming out. I bless everything you put your hands to do. I place my anointing because I called you. And because I called you, I tell Justified you, and because I justified you, I glorified you, and because I glorified you, I'm raising you up to be my son and my daughter. I'm raising you up to be my servants. I'm raising you up to be a mighty man and woman of God that will go and do what I called you to do. I send forth my angels to open up doors for you that the enemy has shut in the past. It shall be the time of supernatural, the time of visitation, the time of breakthrough. The time of victory, the time that I have set to set you free so you can go forth and set others free, said the Lord. Hello, we're back. People, that was our um, introductory prayer for 2010. That was my bishop, Bishop Wayne T. Jackson, uh, and that was a dynamic uh, breakthrough prayer uh, service we had um, sometime in 2009. People, it is my desire to see that you get everything that you came for for 2010, and we're going to do everything we can to provide that for you. So continue to enjoy the show. Uh, I'll be back closer to the end, but I want you just to enjoy what we have planned for you today and just sit back and relax and be uh, motivated by the, the encouraging people I want to bring before you today. Well, people, we're having a little technical difficulty here. Uh, just bear with me. You know, in live radio, things can happen. But, again, I want to just thank each and every one of you who are listening to the show live right now. Um, like I said, we had a little scheduling conflict, so I'm, I'm going to be in and out. But uh, we're going to definitely get we got a, a host of, of motivational speeches from dynamic speakers that I uh, admire lined up for you today. So just stay tuned. We're going to continue to uh, bring some encouraging beginning of the year motivation to you. And I want you to listen to our presidential wisdom today given by none other than himself, President Barack Obama. And I'll be back later.
gather because we have chosen hope over fear, unity of purpose over conflict and discord. On this day, we come to proclaim an end to the petty grievances and false promises, the recriminations and worn-out dogmas that for far too long have strangled our politics. We remain a young nation, but in the words of Scripture, the time has come to set aside childish things. The time has come to reaffirm our enduring spirit, to choose our better history, to carry forward that precious gift, that noble idea passed on from generation to generation, the God-given promise that all are equal, all are free, and all deserve a chance to pursue their full measure of happiness. In reaffirming the greatness of our nation, we understand that greatness is never a given. It must be earned. Our journey has never been one of shortcuts or settling for less. It has not been the path for the faint-hearted, for those who prefer leisure over work or seek only the pleasures of riches and fame. Rather, it has been the risk-takers, the doers, the makers of things, some celebrated, but more often men and women obscure in their labor, who have carried us up the long, rugged path towards prosperity and freedom. For us, they packed up their few worldly possessions and traveled across oceans in search of a new life. For us, they toiled in sweatshops and settled the West, endured the lash of the whip, and plowed the hard earth. For us, they fought and died in places like Concord and Gettysburg, Normandy and Quezon. Time and again, these men and women struggled and sacrificed and worked till their hands were raw so that we might live a better life. They saw America as bigger than the sum of our individual ambitions, greater than all the differences of birth or wealth or faction. This is the journey we continue today. We remain the most prosperous, powerful nation on earth. Our workers are no less productive than when this crisis began. Our minds are no less inventive, our goods and services no less needed than they were last week or last month or last year. Our capacity remains undiminished, but our time of standing pat, of protecting narrow interests and putting off unpleasant decisions, that time has surely passed. Starting today, we must pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and begin again the work of remaking America.
Hello, I'm back with you. That was uh, Be You by uh, Dante. You can find that song on Dante's new CD uh, at www.dante.com. That's www.daun-te.com. That's www.daun-te.com for uh, Dante's latest CD. We're going to continue with the show. Uh, again, like I said, we had a scheduling conflict today, so we, we're not going to go uh, full speed like we wanted to today, but please believe next week when I come with you, come back to you, we're going to have an a absolutely dynamic live show. But um, what I'm doing today is I'm going to let you listen to some, uh, some very motivational clips to get you going in the right direction for this new year. So without further ado, I'm going to play for you uh, a, um, a clip from Les Brown, and another clip from Zig Ziglar, and then I will will um, be back with you. The truth of the matter is that most people don't realize that the majority of people suffer their first major heart attack on Monday morning between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like. Jobs that are making them sick. What is it that you could love doing seven days a week that will bring a smile to your face? <laughs> Think about that. You've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams. Yes to your unfolding future. Yes to your potential. Les Brown's business is changing lives. He touches thousands of people each year. He talks to Fortune 500 companies and to personal development groups about how to find success and fulfill your dreams. In essence, his best message is himself because Les Brown knows what it is to have come up the hard way. Les and his twin brother were adopted at the age of six weeks by Miss Mamie Brown, a single woman with little money and a big heart. The boys grew up in the low-income area of Liberty City outside Miami, Florida. In the fifth grade, Les was mistakenly labeled EMR, educably mentally retarded, and he became a child nobody thought would amount to anything. After making it through high school, Les set out to prove them wrong. He started on the radio, moved to Ohio, and made himself a local star as a fast-talking disc jockey. He soon became an influential community spokesman. Then he ran for the Ohio State Legislature, where he served three terms and became chairman of its Human Resources Committee. Les Brown is now a nationally acclaimed motivational speaker who's taught thousands of people the techniques he's used to overcome the obstacles he's faced in his own life. look like you're ready. <laughs> Repeat after me, please. This is my decade. This is my you know, every year I used to say, this is my year. But ladies and gentlemen, one good year won't be enough for me. How many of you can use a good decade? Raise your hands, please. 
fantastic. All right, now, here's what I want to do. I want to share with you how you can begin to make this your decade. How many of you know within yourself, if you ask yourself the question, have I done all that I'm capable of doing or being and living up to my potential, how many of you have to really answer, no, I have not done all that I can do? Raise your hands, please. Okay, very good. Now, here's what we know that people don't do what they know in life, but what they do is they operate within the context of the vision they have of themselves. So what I want to share with you is how to begin to get a larger vision of yourself and how to begin to make this your decade. Because in order to do that, it's going to be very challenging. It's going to require a lot of work on your part, an ongoing process of personal and professional self-mastery. And it's going to require that you begin to see yourself worthy of the requirements in terms of effort, in terms of commitment, in terms of action, in terms of preparation, or whatever it is that you need to do in order to take your life where you want to take it. So one of the first things I ask you to do is I want you to look at your life right now and think about something that's important to you, something that gives your life a sense of value. Think about something that you'd like to have or something you'd like to create for you or your family or for society. I want you to hold this thought in mind. Now, one of the first things I want you to do is don't worry about the inner conversation that you're going to have. Don't worry about how you're going to do it. That's going to come. You're going to develop a plan of action. You will find the way. You'll become the kind of person that can attract the people, the resources, and everything you need in order to make that become reality. But I want you to be mindful of your inner conversation. I remember once I was sitting in an audience, and Zig Ziglar, who I consider one of the greatest motivational speakers on the planet, he was giving a speech. And I was out in the audience, and I saw him going back and forth. And within myself, I said, I'd like to do that. I can do that. And I leaned over to the guy next to me. I said, how much do they pay him to do that? And he said, $5,000. I said, I know I can do that. <laughs> and I admired him. And then on the way home, when I was driving from Tampa, Florida, back to Miami, Florida, my inner conversation kicked in. And it said, Les Brown, you can't do that. You don't have a college education. Les Brown, you can't do that. You don't have the money. You don't have the contacts. You've never worked for a major corporation. What makes you think that you can make more in one hour talking than you've made working for a whole month? Now, I want to ask you a question. How many of you have ever thought about something you wanted to do and you talk you out of it? Raise your hand, please. That inner conversation, ladies and gentlemen, is the reason that most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. You know, the wealthiest place on the planet, a minister said recently, and it was so true, is not the gold mines in the various areas of the world or the diamond mines. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard, we will find inventions that we never, ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. Because most people allow that inner conversation, for whatever reason, to keep them from ever pursuing their goals. So let us begin to look at what's required in order to, to make this our decade. Why is it that most people don't ever reach their goals or live up to their true potential? One is fear. And there are only two kinds of fears that we're born with. The fear of falling and the fear of a loud sound. All other fears we learn like the fear of failure. The next is the fear of success. That's one of the major challenges I had to deal with. I was working on a major project, and after it began to grow and it was extremely successful, I panicked. 
and I walked away from it and gave it to someone else because I didn't believe that I could handle it. The other thing that keeps most people from reaching their goals is that a lot of people become comfortable. They stop growing. They stop wanting anything. They, they become satisfied. They stop looking at ways in which they can approve themselves. They stop putting things in front of them. I was reading something by a great man, George Bernard Shaw, and he said something to the effect that to have succeeded is to have finished one's business on earth. Like the male spider who is killed by the female spider the moment he has succeeded in his courtship. And he goes on to say, I like a state of continual becoming with a goal in front and not behind. I remember after giving a speech at a major corporation, a gentleman came up to me who was up in years and he said, you know, that's real great motivation for you young guys, but I've done all my work. There's nothing else for me to do. I said, oh yes, you've got a lot to give. You have a lot to offer. The fact that you're still here means that your business is not through yet. The other thing that keeps us from reaching our goal is not feeling worthy. That's where a lot of people get stuck. Because see, when you don't feel worthy of your goal, you'll begin to unconsciously engage in self-destructive behavior, like procrastinating, constantly putting things off, squandering your time, and that's what life is made of. Something else that keeps us from reaching our goal, and that is many times because we spend so much time complaining and blaming everybody or everything. I'm reminded of a friend of mine who talked about the fact that one day he was walking by this house and, and some people were sitting on a porch and there was a dog on the porch and this dog was just moaning and groaning. So he was curious and he asked the owner, he said, why is this dog moaning and groaning? And the owner said, because he's laying on a nail. <laughs> he said, well, why doesn't he get off? He says, it's not hurting bad enough for him to get off. <laughs> How many of you... A number of years ago, Larry Majors, my executive assistant, got a phone call from a lady in Birmingham, Alabama. At the end of the conversation, she said, Zig, she said, I believe this woman thinks she's got an impossible problem, but I believe you can solve that problem her, with her in just a few minutes if you will spend that time with her. I said, well, Larry, tell her to meet me backstage. I'll get there about 10 minutes early. My schedule was such that was about all I had. Well, I got there, and I was on uh, backstage behind the curtain on one side. She spotted me from the other side, and as she walked across the stage, I have never seen as much anger in a human being in my life as I saw in her. She almost started crying when she saw me. She said, oh, I'm just so glad to see you. I got this horrible job. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate everybody down there. I mean, uh, you talking about negative nails, she was it. She said, can you help me? Now, understand, I've only got about 10 minutes. So I looked at her, and uh, one thing I have learned, I don't do counseling, but I talk with a lot of people who do in psychology, psychiatry, and the ministry. And they tell me that everybody who comes to you with a problem are not necessarily looking for a solution. I couldn't understand that for a long time. Why do they bring you a problem if they don't want to solve it? 
Well, I can tell you why. They want to tell you about it, you about it, you about it, you about it, you about it. And if you foul up the deal and solve the problem, they can't tell you again, you again. They want the attention that goes with the problem. And every company just about it has that kind of an individual. They want the attention that goes with griping and, uh, and complaining. Well, I looked at the lady, and it wasn't unkindly, but firmly I said to her, yes, and you know, ma'am, I'm afraid your problem is about to get worse. She said, what do you mean? I said, I believe they're going to fire you. <laughs> she was stunned. I couldn't have stunned her more if I'd hit her in the face with a bucket of ice water. She said, fire me? Why on earth would they fire me? The inflection in her voice clearly said, they're the bad guys. I'm the good guy. Why don't they fire them and keep me? Have you ever noticed that people who are the problem never recognize that they are? They're in complete denial. They think denial is just a river in Egypt. <laughs> Why would they fire me? I said, ma'am, I don't believe there's a company in America big enough to contain this much poison in one small spot. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that when somebody is about to lose something they've been complaining about, whether it's a car, a home, a mate, a job or whatever, when all of a sudden it appears they're going to lose them, it takes on brand new value. She looked at me and said, well, what can I do? I said, do you really want to know? She said, yes, I do. That's the reason I came to see you. I came looking for help, but you sure had not been any help so far. <laughs> I said, well, ma'am, I've got an idea, and I will absolutely guarantee you it positively, definitely, absolutely will work if you will just do it. She said, I'll try anything within reason. I said, okay, when you get home tonight, all of your household tasks are complete. It's bedtime. Get off in a room right by yourself. Get a sheet of paper out, and at the top of it write, I like my job because she interrupted me. She said, that'll be easy. I don't like nothing about that job. Don't like nothing about those people down there. And I said, well, just as a matter of curiosity, do you work there for benevolent reasons or do they pay you for working there? She said, well, i got to confess, they pay me. And I said, and you don't like to be paid? Oh, she said, yes, I do. I said, okay, tell you what you do. Open your notebook right now. We'll start our list of the things you like about your job. They pay you for working there, and you do like it, don't you? She said, absolutely. But she just stood there. I said, no, open your notebook now, and we'll get uh, busy on the list. She just stood there. I said, ma'am, let me, let me tell you what my experience in life has been. I've discovered that in 100% of the cases, no exception, people who won't take step number one never take step number two. You see, she had come to me with an impossible dream. Her dream was that nice Mr. Ziegler was going to solve all of her problems and she would live happily ever after. But folks, I got news for you. I can't solve her problems. I can't solve your problems. But I will give you some steps that I'll absolutely, definitely, and positively will work for you as it worked eventually for her. I said, well, ma'am, let me tell you something. Unless you're willing to take step number one right now, it's been nice talking with you. She angrily opened her notebook. Before we got through, there were 22 things she liked about her job. Not only did they pay her for working there, they paid her above average. She had three weeks vacation with pay. She had a retirement program. 
She was in on profit sharing. She had health insurance, life insurance, and accident insurance. She lived less than 10 minutes from home. She was in on management decisions. The company sent her to three seminars a year to be paid for. She had her own private office and parking place. 22 things that she liked about her job. Now, I said, man, when you get home tonight, everything is finished. Get off in a room right by yourself. Close the doors. Change one word from I like my job to I love my job. Get in front of that mirror. And folks, I cannot say this strongly enough, but I'm going to try. The eyes are the windows of the soul. Look yourself in the eye and with excitement and enthusiasm say, I love my job because they pay me for working there. I love my job because they pay me above average for working there. I love my job because I have a wonderful insurance program. I love my job before every one of the statements. You will sleep better that night. You see, there's something hidden in what I'm saying to you now. When she says, I like my job, she's really saying, I'm grateful for my job. And of all of the emotions we can have, according to Hans Selye, the number one stress specialist in America, the healthiest of all human emotions is gratitude. I said, you go down that list. I like my job. I love my job, rather. That is a way of gratitude. You'll sleep better the first night. Tomorrow morning, when you get up, get back in front of the mirror just before you go to work, Get back in front of the mirror and repeat the process again with excitement and enthusiasm. I love my job because, and take the list with you. Because the reality is, you see, you will have started to change from a fault finder to a good finder. Some people do really find fault like there's a reward for it. They really do. <laughs> take the list with you and you will be able to add to that list absolutely guaranteed. Do this every morning and every night and you will have an astonishing recovery from this advanced case of stinking thinking. Now, I didn't say that to her, but I'm saying it to you. That's what it was. It was an advanced case of stinking thinking. Well, six weeks later, I was back in Birmingham, Alabama. I was doing a follow-up sales seminar. Now, the lady was not in sales, but she had been listening to my tapes. She had been listening to Automobile University, and she had discovered that everybody sells. Everybody who will ever hear this is in selling. Whether you're a school teacher, a civil service worker, a military personnel, an executive secretary, it doesn't make any difference. What you do, you sell every day of your life. There she was on the, at the sales seminar, seated on the front row, grinning so wide she could have eaten a banana sideways. I'm telling you, you're talking about somebody that was excited. She was turned on. I said, well, how you doing? She grinned even more broadly and said, Mr. Ziegler, I'm doing wonderfully well. And uh, thank you for asking. She said, you cannot believe how much those people down there have changed. <laughs> I got a lid on the line, folks. You're not going to change anybody else till you change you. Everything really does begin with you. Now, you see, the unfortunate thing, this lady had been raised in a very negative environment. First, her parents had told her that she'd never amount to anything. They said, you know, you're always late, you're always sloppy, why can't you be like your brother or your sister or whatever. When she got married, her husband had continued it, and so her self-talk had become completely negative. 
Everything that she said about herself was negative. I, you know, like Dad said, I'll never amount to anything. Or like my husband says, I can't do anything right. But when she started changing the input, then some radical changes took place. Inspiring true performance. Whatever it is you're, 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 you want to see, you want to do, you can speak out things and things can happen for you. But like I said, we're going to get into the lesson. Um, you, okay, one more thing. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. There's one more thing I want to share with you. And that this is something to, to really understand about life, about allowing, about your dreams, about your goals. Whatever you resist, you reject. Whatever you reject leaves your life. Let me say that to you again. Whatever you resist, you reject. Whatever you reject leaves your life. So if, if there's something that good that you really want, don't resist it. Accept it. Allow it. Because if you, if you reject it, if you reject it, you, you, you let go of it. And that, that thing that which was good was coming for you, you, you turn away from it. And you want to always accept things that are good and reject things that are bad. And also understand that every day, every day, every single day, no matter what it looks like outside, no matter what's going on in the economy, God has designed the universe to be a major league blessing. He has designed his universe to be a major league blessing for you, for me, for anyone who, who, who can just receive it. And that is actually a natural state of the universe. It is designed to bless. It is designed to be it's a design and abundance. But you have it's your choice to get in the flow. Here. Uh, the Power Conference here is a book that I wrote uh, with you in mind. And with myself in mind, because being a dreamer, being a visionary, sometimes we can go through life and we can see good things and we get visions. We, we don't, we're not common people. We're not, you know, we don't see things the way normal people see things. So we, we get visions that are, that are far out and, and it's sometimes it's scary to, to think about that stuff. But in the power of conquering fear, I give a five-step plan for how to overcome fear, how to conquer fear, how to move beyond that fear. There's an old saying that the difference between a, a, a coward and a hero is that the hero was, was brave for five minutes longer. And that's my plan. Get, make sure that you stay brave. Just, it, just those five minutes can change the whole course of your life. And my goal is to give you five steps to keep you in that range long enough to, to be the great person you've been called to be. To, to mine up your destiny. Because today, uh, people, the, the, the world has changed as we know it. And it's going to take innovative people to really, you know, mine out the greatness that still remains in this in this universe. There, there's a lot of untapped resources, people, and and you're going to get visions and, and promises, you know, from God and, and through prayer, through fasting, through you know, dreams, and those things are going to change the very course of how we, how life as we know it exists. And you can't be afraid. You got to go for it. So. I offer to you today my book, The Power of Conquering Fear. You can buy it at 
www.lulu.com slash mwmiller18. That's www.lulu.com slash mwmiller18. And get this book today. Get, get a copy for a friend. And trust me, you won't regret it. It'll be a book that changes your life. I had uh, the honor to introduce our guests one time at a speaking engagement, and I had written a, a beautiful speech the day before to introduce him. And when I got ready to go introduce him, I had lost the speech. And it was amazing to me because I had spent my heart and soul. I was like, this, this is somebody who, who means a lot to me. And I couldn't really say what I wanted to say because of everything I'd written was on this was on this in his speech and I had lost the speech but what I'd end up doing was I spoke from my heart and what I spoke from my heart was was sincere and I'm going to do the same thing today um the person I'm getting ready to introduce to you is is my personal mentor my personal uh coach the person who you know who's responsible for a lot of things that you see me doing or that you that you hear me doing um, he's the reason why I became a motivational speaker. He's the reason why I became a coach. He's the reason why I decided that it was important to pursue my passion. And even when I didn't truly understand who I was called to be and what I'm what I'm called to do, he was there for me. And he gave me wisdom. He gave me insight. He gave me he gave me the truth. Even when I didn't want to accept the truth, he gave me the truth. And for that, I love him. I appreciate him. And I mean, there's no other way I can can say it, but you know, I'm I'm absolutely honored by this moment to to bring forth to you, um, Mr. Gregory Harden. Hello, Miles. Hello, you, people. How you doing, sir? Uh, it is a wonderful day. It is a blessed day. In fact, I am so thrilled at who you are and who you are becoming. Yes, sir. That this has been. Uh, I, I've been listening to your first half hour. Uh, especially your uh, the cost, uh, the <laughs> price that it will <laughs> that one would have to pay in order to be successful to reach their full potential, and uh, your growth has been astounding, yes, sir. and your impact on this world is uh, yet to be uh, uh, <laughs> measured, my friend. Yes, sir, and I, I, that is an absolute uh, honor to hear that coming from you because I, I have to tell people I have to tell people this there's this I was, I've um, known Greg since I was a, a student at the University of Michigan, and um, Mr. Harden is is one of the um, he he works in the athletic department. He's an associate athletic director, and he worked with the the students in performance and, and helping people stay on track mentally and emotionally. He's also a, a licensed cert, um, social worker, and I had seen. Greg on on campus, but I hadn't really talked to him. I saw him I saw him one time, and I was like, something about that guy. There's something special about that guy. I didn't know what it was. And then I remember I uh, went to I you know, started out on the path to becoming an engineer, and there was a, this man named Greg Posey. Greg Posey was a was an all star student, if I can ever say if I can say that correctly. He was a superstar student. He was he was the smartest guy in the engineering department. <laughs> And he true, was, true. 
on top of the fact that he was the smartest guy in the engineering department, he was cool too. And he and it was this place we called the L Rock. We go there and people would study and get uh, tutoring for uh, the engineering exams. And every time I walked in that that room, he was he had a circle around him like he was, you know, a, a storyteller. People just stood at the end of the, at the edge of their seats listening to what he had to say. And I never really approached him, but I would always listen to everything he said. And he said something one time that was so profound. He said, I don't listen to music in my car. I listen to Greg Harden. <laughs> and oh, my. <laughs> that set, set in motion what you're seeing now. Because when he said, I, listen to, I don't listen to music, I listen to Greg Harden, it made me want to figure out, okay, who is this Greg Harden guy? And then, you know, I had the honor to, to build a, re- a relationship with, with uh, Mr. Harden and also to build uh, organizations together. And I've got, and without a shadow of a doubt, I told I sent Greg, um, Mr. Posey, an email about a couple months ago and saying thank you for introducing me to my mentor. It's made me who I, it's made me who I am today. You, you connected me to my passion. And a lot of people, you know, he didn't even know what he had said. He's, he's like, thanks, I guess. I don't, I don't know what I could have possibly said, but I remembered it. That was my first. Well, Miles, I'm uh, meeting you and meeting uh, the young people I met in the College of Engineering including uh, Greg Posey, who I still have contact with, yes. uh, definitely has an impact on uh, the sort of work that I do. And uh, you continue to uh, uh, push me. Uh, one of the things I encourage everyone to do is have a, wide, a diverse uh, group of people around them in terms of their age and their sex, their uh, gender, their um, uh, race, their uh, socioeconomic background. You have to surround yourself with people who are going to push you, as you indicated, outside of your comfort zone. Yes, sir. And uh, being around uh, you young people uh, <laughs> is something that I, I, I cherish because uh, you refuse to uh, uh, sit still and, and, and you, you push the world forward and you either can be a part of it or you'll be left in the dust. So yes, uh, I, I want to thank you for that. Yes, um, I, w- I was listening to uh, the sort of things that you were talking about. Uh, I was struck by your first uh, comment about losing one's mind, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's like shedding a, a, a like a, shape, a snake sheds its skin. Right. He cannot grow unless he is willing to let go of something. And uh, in order to uh, grow, one has to be willing to let go of yesterday's back. Yes. They have to be able to let go of a, a mindsets and, and self-defeating attitudes. And uh, it, it, it was your eight uh, pieces uh, in terms of cost uh, resonate, and uh, you spoke the truth. Yes, sir. Uh, but you had a couple of questions you wanted to ask me today. Yes, sir. There are several questions. Uh, I think that people are going to um, really understand, you know, more about what it is that you do and, and why people, you know, entrust you you know, with basically with their success to help them get there. Um, for those who don't know, um, uh, Mr. Harden works with people from all over, with all from all types of walks of life. Um, also, you know, in being a, a part of the athletic department, he deals with you know high high caliber athletes. He's uh, coached. You know, he's he's been a personal mentor to you know Heisman Trophy winner Desmond Howard and also Super Bowl MVP Tom Brady, but also. They're, like I said, they're superstars on the, they're outside the athletic arena that he's worked with, like Mr. Greg Posey and um, 
people like uh, my other friend uh, Jabril Lockhart. Jabril is uh, a dynamic um, young man. I've, he's actually a little younger than me, but I can say this, you know, that I look up to him as well because he's, he's a power player. He, he knows what he wants in life. He's uh, gotten degrees from the University of Michigan, from Harvard. He's now, you know, abroad over in London doing, you know, doing doing big things because he, he always had a big vision of himself and, and his abilities and what God has placed inside of him. Um, let me tell you something about I, – I hate to cut you off, but uh, let me tell you something about Jabril Lockhart. Okay. Sir. Jabril Lockhart, who will not be on uh, uh, a, a poster uh, uh, talking about God Milk as a famous entity, but Jabril Lockhart is approximately 6'8". Uh, he's a striking lad. Clearly looks like he's the most athletic cat you've ever seen in your life. And when you see him, you assume he played basketball. Well, I remember clearly and distinctly when his father told him he would not be able to play basketball because his grades weren't right. And he took basketball from him. And uh, that changed the course of Jabril Lockhart's life. Yes, sir. When he got uh, in the areas where uh, you and I had access to him, uh, Jabril uh, was in the College of Engineering. Well, it turns out that Jabril never wanted to be an engineer. Wow. But Jabril Lockhart went into engineering because somebody said it was unlikely that he could do it. <laughs> <laughs> Jabril Lockhart got a degree in engineering with no interest in being an engineer, simply to test his own mettle, simply to see if he could accomplish what everyone said was going to be impossible, unlikely, and something that did not fit his profile. Wow. Did you know that about him? I did not know that detail. <laughs> I, I knew he was. So I, when, <laughs> mm-hmm. I know he, he, he. I knew him to be pretty good at what he did. Whatever it is he tried, put his mind to. I saw him do it. He was an entrepreneur. He he sold T-shirts. He sold this. He sold that. He did. He was everywhere. Everywhere success was, he was there too. He had the same characteristics of the people that you mentioned of Desmond Howard, of uh, of a Tom Brady. You know, they, these are the people who are willing to push themselves yep. uh, beyond what the average man, woman, or, or athlete or anyone is willing to do. Yep. And Jabril is one of those personalities, one of those people who understood the whole concept of mental, physical, and spiritual fitness. If I could share anything with your listeners, I would encourage everyone to be prepared to commit themselves to understanding the concept of fitness. Yes, sir. We all understand physical fitness. We've all known somebody or been somebody that was in tip-top, superior, athletic, physical fitness and in shape. Am I right or wrong? Everyone knows somebody, even if they've never been in shape. (laughs) You've seen someone perform, and you said, now that's condition. Yes, sir. Well, we understand physical fitness, but most people, we can't get them to talk about mental health. So perhaps people would be willing to talk about mental fitness. When you're physically fit, Miles, it does not mean you don't get tired, does it? No, sir. It means you. everyone gets tired, even the fittest person in the land. Say a person runs a 100-yard dash in, in a short period of time. But in training, they do it over and over and over again. Yes, sir. If you can run 100 yards 10, 20 times with a minute's rest, in between each set, you're in pretty good shape, wouldn't you say? Yes, sir. So fitness, people think, uh, might believe that it means you don't get tired, but we're, I'm suggesting that not only do you get tired, 
you simply recover faster than anyone else. Wow. When I am fit, I'm not, I get tired like you will get tired. See, the difference between me and the guy that's fit, he can run a 100-yard dash 10 to 20 times and recover and do it again. I can run one time, and in a couple of days, I might be able to do it again. <laughs> That's the difference between his level of fitness and mine. Right. But when we talk about physical fitness, it gives us a clue about mental fitness. Yes, sir. The mentally fit minds are going to be able to not only recognize that they are going to get knocked on their butt by life, they get up and they recover faster than the average jet. So when I am mentally fit, when I am trained, training my mind to be resilient, to rebound, to respond and, and, and to uh, my own uh, desire to be successful, I'm training my mind to not only be strong and mentally tough, but to recognize that when adversity hits, my response time and my recovery time has to be on point. Yes, sir. Obviously, if we move into spiritual fitness, that means that I have a foundation, and if, and if you're lucky, you have a love of God that is so powerful, so strong, and your faith is so in, in touch with of, of being connected to an all-powerful, loving God that when you're not down, there is no doubt in your mind <laughs> that it serves a purpose and that you are going to be protected. Yes, sir. So I encourage uh, you when you talk to your people, Remind them that mental, physical, and spiritual fitness is a foundation that we need to start committing to, training for, practice, train, and rehearse. Wow. So speaking of, of, of practicing and, and training and rehearsing, um, I know earlier in the week when we um, when I briefed you about the show, you were telling me about um, some of the work ethics of, of Desmond Howard, even the year he won yes. the Heisman Trophy. Uh, could you describe it to some degree of uh, his workout regimen and why did he differ from his teammates? Well, let's make sure that we, we, we help our, our audience. But everyone doesn't know football. Everyone doesn't know what a Heisman Trophy is. Yes, it simply means that you are the single best football player in the nation at that time. Yes, sir. On that year, the year that Desmond won the Heisman Trophy, it was a, it was a culmination of everything he'd done three years prior. Yes, sir. Three years prior to being the Heisman Trophy winner, he had come up. He had come to me and asked and, and, and suggested that he wasn't happy in, in in the program at that moment, and he was looking for some way to either leave the program or to uh, make some sort of peace with the program. Well, that challenge doesn't understand that if he left the program, no one would really care since he hadn't accomplished everything that he said he was capable of accomplishing. Okay. And that if he was as good as he said he was, then he needed to demonstrate that on the field. Well, this guy uh, took a challenge uh, better than most. And the recommendation that I had for him was to be the uh, best athlete in his position on his team. Okay. And then the next year he needed to be the best athlete on the team. And then the next year he needed to be the best athlete in the conference. And to, and to do that, he had to be willing to do what the average man would not do. Okay. Desmond Howard, in the middle of the summer, when everyone else was uh, drinking the nectar, 
and partying uh, uh, till they puked. In the middle of the night, when everyone else was tired or having a good time, we're running an additional two to three miles Mm -hmm. in the dead of summer without anyone telling telling him to, without anyone watching, without anyone else joining him. He committed himself to being the best conditioned athlete on the team. Wow. In addition to that, this football player, I taught him how to hit a speed bag for hand-eye coordination, how to jump rope, rope so that his foot speed would increase. Okay. He would do boxes routines and long-distance runner routines, cross-train in such a way that when it was time to uh, report to the uh, uh, camp in the summer just before fall, when everyone else's tongue was, was, was hanging out, and they were grabbing their shorts and their knees, panting and passing out and throwing up, he was amused. Wow. <laughs> wow. That, he that, pushed that's them. Go ahead. You're saying he pushed himself. He went the extra mile, so to speak. <laughs> it, it is exactly what, and that's exactly what we have to do. That's what you indicated with your eight. You've got to be able to pay a, pay a price. For greatness, the price that we're talking about is being willing to have a lifestyle that's different from everybody else. Yep, yep. You know, he had he was willing to uh, to give up all the the fun and uh, and all the uh, uh, the party because he had a vision that he had committed to. Wow. Wow. That's that's absolutely amazing. <laughs> The commitment and the confidence that he had about who he was increased the quality of his vision about who he wanted to become. Right. So who you want to become is as important as who you are now. Mm -hmm. And so self-awareness, self-discipline, self-definition, self-acceptance, all those wonderful things will help us if we increase if we know who we are today, we increase the chances of becoming who we're capable of becoming. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you allowed me to do was to ch- to ask you questions about, well, who are you now? Right. You had all these ideas, all these wonderful dreams, but the guy that you were at that time was not willing to put in the long-term work. And once you became that guy, nothing has stopped you since. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I can honestly tell you that there there were times where I sat in your office, and and I can honestly tell you I lied to you to try to cover up for the fact that I wasn't who I who I wanted to be at that time. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but as something which is something we all do. But one of the things, you, but thank you for your honesty. The you had to sacrifice self deception in order to have your breakthrough. You could no lie to yourself and lie to the people that care about you sets you up to fail. Yes, sir. But once you give up self deception, I mean, one of the costs when we talk about the cost, you have to give up blaming. You you will have to give up blaming others for why your life is not working if you want to have success. Yes, sir. You, you're going to have to give up making excuses. That's a high price for some people. Because mm-hmm. they're really gifted and talented at making excuses. Yes, sir. I, I, so, <laughs> go ahead. I, I'm. I, I have to be honest with you. Like I said, um, in understanding that, those 
I can look back at those moments now and say, hey, that was a moment that has, has redefined me because I can look at that now and, and as much as I like to admit or, or at least think that I'm, 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 I didn't make those types of mistakes, I did. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm thankful that, you know, you had enough wisdom to to not flog me and just throw me down, you know, down the drain. You you worked with me, and gave you know you encouraged me and kept me going towards the person who I really am supposed to be, and not that that, that farce I was becoming that, that I was at that time. <laughs> well, Miles, the transformation that you have made speaks volumes, not about what I've done, but but what God has done with you. Yes, sir. Uh, you have a sense of purpose. You have a spiritual confidence. Spiritual confidence. Did you hear that? Yes, sir. You have a spiritual confidence about being about your faith and about who you are and whose you are. Right. You have a commitment to others that it, that transcends the I, the me, uh, the selfish ego. Yes, sir. You're not afraid to fail anymore. Yes, and sir. that that just opens up all kinds of doors. Those who are afraid to fail are afraid to succeed. Wow. 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 (laughs) If you're not willing to fall on your butt, if you're not willing to do what you did as a kid to learn to ride a bike, fall down, get back up, fall down, get back up, fall down, willing to look foolish, willing to look stupid, willing to make mistakes, you cannot succeed if you're not willing to fail. Right. 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 That, that's. I, I don't know any other way to put it. I mean, <laughs> that's that's the the gist of everything I've been through. You know, I I got to a place where I, you know, I was tired of being, not being who I knew I was supposed to be. I knew I was I was greater than what I was portraying. I knew that there was something inside of me that was burning so hot that I, I had to I had to let it let it burn so I can and, and basically follow the trail. Because I, what I had done was I had tried to be what every, what I thought everybody wanted me to be. Or I try exactly. to who I thought you know people would, would would approve of, but that each time I, I did that it was it was killing a piece of myself, and I got to the place where I, I didn't want to die no more. I wanted to live. I mean, at one point you were impatient, and, and as you indicated, you wanted others to validate your plans and your path. Yes, sir. You know, is this the right thing? Is this a, is, is this going to work? Can you promise me this? No. Self-acceptance is what you had to fight for, self-love and self-acceptance. That can only be given to you when you begin to see yourself in the eyes and in, 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 in the image of your creator. Yes, sir. You know, you know, one of the things that I teach is to be faith-based and solution-focused. Now, I might not uh, 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 be able to talk about matters spiritual in certain, certain setting, settings that I'm in, but faith-based, means belief with no proof that this is the right thing to do. And solution focus means that I'm no longer uh, talking about problems. I'm looking at ways to solve problems. Yes, sir. And so uh, if I could share anything uh, with you and, and the listeners, it's an, is, 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 in short, you've got to uh, commit to know yourself better than anyone else. Yes, sir. Because if you're constantly waiting on everyone else to tell you who you are, you're doomed. Yes, sir. You have to stop being afraid of being afraid. Yes, sir. So I hate it when people tell you, well, don't be afraid. That's silly. No, fear is normal. If yes, you're sir. a human, you have to face fear. 
And so not being afraid of being afraid gives you a liberating uh, a, a mindset that if fear is normal, then the real issue is not the absence of fear, but facing fear. Yes, sir. And which is the only definition of courage that I buy into. Yes, sir. I encourage, as you've indicated, find, pursue, recruit mentors and people who are not going to sugarcoat the truth and who will help you identify self-defeating attitudes and behaviors. Yes, sir. And then finally, if I were had a chance to influence people, I'd ask them to love God with all their heart and nerve and sinew in, in every every part of their body. Mm. Yes, sir. Because if you begin to uh, understand that uh, a love of God is a liberating force in your life, because it, it sets you up to be able to to see yourself differently, to know that if, if you are convinced that God knows what he's doing, you, you'll stop second-guessing and pondering as to, why, as to what's going on. Yes, sir. So, Miles, I, you know, I know time is not our best friend at this juncture. <laughs> I want to thank you for the opportunity to uh, be identified as a friend of yours. Yes, sir. And uh, to have a chance to... Uh, uh, speak on your live talk radio program, <laughs> Miles W. Miller. Man, this is an exciting moment in my life to be a part of your program, to see that you have brought to fruition your yes, dreams sir. and your vision. It is a blessing to behold, my friend. Yes, sir. I, I'm I'm honored. Like I said, I, I, this is, I don't take this stuff lightly. I don't take, you know, I, I, I love God and I trust what God has done, and I also love the fact that He put people in my life to keep me, you know, down this path because, you know, it, it didn't have to happen this way. It could have went, could have went south, and, it, you know, He used you to help me, and I, I thank, thank Him for you. Well, this is a uh, you. Hum, I'm humbled by your acknowledgement, and, and all I do is just uh, sometimes. Uh, all I, I, I'm clear that I'm merely a vehicle and a vessel. Yes, sir. And that, is, and uh, what I see in you is that you've become a healer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just like I said. I, I only thing I can really do today is just sit here and, and listen because I'm I'm writing down notes when you speak while you're speaking. You know, you know. I and I had to tell the people this. I used to when when Greg uh, would do his uh, seminars and stuff, I would be there taking notes. I, I I try to I try my best to be around you when you were doing you know when you, when you were doing speeches on campus whatever wherever you were I was trying to be there and if I couldn't get there I was you know trying to get, get your notes because <laughs> I knew something, <laughs> something like that was gonna happen. You were kind enough and and and, and thoughtful enough to uh, make me feel as though I had been useful. In the earliest stages of your development, you were still able to make me feel like I was, uh, my sense of purpose was being uh, acted out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, again, I thank you. Could, uh, could you give the people um, just a word of encouragement, you know, because we're going to close the show out with, just give them a word of encouragement to, to move forward in their um, their dreams and their passions? Well, the most important thing that any one of us could do is start to believe without any proof that there is order and that there is a purpose for us. And that sense of purpose 
sometimes has to be as simple as starting off with, like, that belief. My first purpose, uh, uh, mission, was to find my purpose, Miles. Yes, sir. I, put, I, I decided that I didn't know what it was, but I was going to put all my energy into trying to figure it out. Yes, sir. And that led me down a path that, you know, uh, as they say, uh, the, the rest is history. Yes, sir. I have been so fortunate because I absolutely believe that the pursuit of purpose is a good enough place to start. Start with a pursuit. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Miles. Thank you, sir. And I, I know that, that we um, people appreciate you too. This is this is an absolute honor, sir. <laughs> well, I hope we can do it again, my friend. Yeah, real soon. All right. All right. Talk to you later, sir. All right. Good night. God bless. So, folks, that was a, a interview with my mentor, my personal coach, Mr. Greg Harden, uh, Associate athletic, athletic Director at the University of Michigan. Um, and we're just going to start this year off on a powerful note. I want you to to know something. I am here for you. I care for you. I'm praying for you. I don't take you for granted. I love each and every one of you. I, I'm so excited that you trust me and you've trusted our, my vision to inspire and motivate you for, you know, this whole year that we've been together now. And 2010, like I said, is going to be a dynamic year. This is our time, people. We we have struggled with the script, with the saved. This is the time, people. This is our harvest season. And whatever it is you want, whatever it is that you really want in this lifetime, now is your time. Now is your time. I want you to continue to come back and support this show. Continue to to tell your friends that Create a Championship Standard Living comes on every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio. Continue to leave comments on the Blog Talk Radio site. Continue to send me emails at miles at mileswmiller.com. That's M-Y-L-E-S at M-Y-L-E-S-W-M-I-L-L-E-R.com. Or you can send me an email at mileswmiller at gmail.com. You can contact Contact me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Miles W. Miller. You can contact me on MySpace, myspace.com slash Miles W. Miller, or on Twitter, twitter.com slash, you guessed it, Miles W. Miller. People, I want you to have an entirely blessed 2010 and just know that this is our time. Your, your, this is the season for your dreams to manifest. This is the season for you to realize your dreams. Without a shadow of a doubt, people, I want to thank uh, Mr. Greg Harden. Um, just want wish him a very blessed and uh, happy new year. To uh, Bishop Wayne T. and Dr. Beverly Jackson, to Pastor Ginaldo Lee and Lady Tiffany Lee and their families, uh, and anybody who, who, who has been working with me here to make this show a dynamic show for you. I want to give a special thanks to uh, Ms. Tiffany Patton, Mr. Leroy Meadows, and everybody else, uh, Mr. Kenneth Moody, everybody else that's been helping me behind the scenes, um, you, I absolutely honor you. And like I tell you, this is our time. This is each and every one of us. We're connected together for a reason. This is our time. It is our time to flourish. So, don't miss out on what we what we're supposed to reap this year. We're supposed to reap the goodness of, of this land because we've been willing and obedient. 
So, people, without further ado, I'm Miles W. Miller, your host of Creating a Championship Standard of Living. Have, have a very happy and blessed new year. And remember this, it's my mantra and my motto. My motto and my mantra. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. God bless you, and I'll see you next week. You keep on doing great things for me.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.